What up, everybody? I'm glad you guys came back for another week. I'm sorry it took me forever to come back. I started my YouTube channel. One thing I forgot to say is if you go on my Instagram, Punch in the Mouth Official, in my bio, actually in the website, you know how like they give you like a web to put your website and everything? My link tree is up there. So right there, you could get access to the podcast, you could get access to my Twitter account, you could get access to my Instagram account, to my LinkedIn, even to the YouTube channel. All you do is click that link and the tabs I put, I put LinkedIn, Instagram, and it'll take you right to all those pages. We're getting close, guys. We're getting close. I feel next year will be the biggest year yet. This year I was pretty successful. And I just started this thing over a year ago. So we'll see how 2022 goes. Again, please follow me on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, even LinkedIn. Deuces, guys. Enjoy the show. I'm going to Aftershock this weekend. I was telling my mom, I can't believe I'm going to concert this weekend. It's kind of surreal for me, you know, because I love concerts. And after the year and a half we've all had, it's crazy. All right, deuces, guys. Enjoy the show. everybody welcome to episode 32 of punched in the mouth um i do apologize for being away for a whole week i actually got well that was kind of loud i actually got early access to asking alexander's new album see what's on the inside so i dipped my toe into editing a video it took me longer than i thought but i was able to do it yay for me anyway so on the youtube channel i will be doing music stuff i will be doing mma stuff but that's gonna come out next week because i had a really hectic week i'm going to aftershock this saturday so i don't want to put any more stress on myself but look we're back here so that's a good thing right so I'm going to do this, and then you won't hear about me till some at some point next week. But let's get into it. UFC 266. What a fight. What a fight. Card. So, the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. What a fight. Although I will, I will be honest with you guys in saying I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in Brian Ortega's corner because I know who he had in his corner and these guys know the fight game on a personal level. 
So I feel they sort of did him an injustice. But we shall see, man. I mean, it's already the second fight that Brian has a fight like that. I was going to go in a little harder on them, but... Like, who am I to judge somebody on decisions they make for somebody else? What a crazy fight. I don't like the fact that people are calling it fight of the year contingency. Is that the word I'm looking for? Contingency? Yeah, and fight of the year contention. Because to me, that fight was a one-sided mauling by Alexander Volkanovsky. Like, for me, for it to be fight of the year contender... These people need to be going to war like those two were, but like it needs to be two rounds apiece or like I don't know who's winning this fight type of feeling. Throughout that whole fight, I knew exactly who was winning the fight and his name was Alex the Great Volkanovsky. So this whole fight of the year contention thing, I ain't buying it. Especially because we're almost to Kamar Usman versus Colby Covington. Their first fight was fight of the year contention because that fight was nuts. Because going into the fifth, I had it 2-2 and Colby was winning two and a half minutes of that fifth round. This rematch is going to be insane. And we have Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. I believe it's not signed yet. But we're closer than ever to getting that sign. I think Charles still has to sign, I think. Because supposedly Dustin signed already. It's not officially announced. I shouldn't say it's signed. It's not officially announced. I tried to get information on it. Nobody's talking to me about it, but it looks like we're headed towards Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier for December 11th. Also, Valentina Chevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. If I were to sit here and tell you that I'm shocked at what happened. I'm really not. Did Lauren Murphy have her moments like Brian Ortega did? Yeah. Did the fight end the way I thought it would? Yes. Like, honestly, I don't see anybody remotely challenging Valentina Chevchenko in the near future. There is going to be that one person. Actually, that's not true. Halia Santos. She could be a dark horse. She took out Roxanne Marneferi. We gotta keep an eye on her. When Tatiana comes back, we gotta keep an eye on her. Mackenzie Dern saying she would like to try her hand at flyweight. We gotta keep our eye on her. I don't see her... This is Mackenzie I'm talking about, but I don't see her doing anything too drastically in the striking department to worry Valentina, but her jujitsu is on a whole nother level. On a whole nother level. So, we'll see what happens. We shall see what happens. Robbie Lawler versus Nick Diaz. I'm trying to think of the words to use here. First and foremost, I would like to say Nick Diaz. He will always be my favorite fighter. I will always root for Nick. I understand that I should be biased, but I love Nick. 
Probably without Nick, I wouldn't be doing this. Nick showed me that you could be yourself and people would gravitate towards it. Can I tell you guys my favorite Nick Diaz moment? He was about to fight Frank Shamrock for Strike Force. They have saliva, here comes the show. Or welcome to the show, I think the song is called. And you see Nick in his metal militia, he has like jeans on, his metal militia sweatshirt on. And you see Frank Shamrock in a suit. And Frank tries to shake his hand, but Nick just gives him the bird. I'm like, dude, that's the hardest guy in MMA. That is the hardest dude in MMA right now. That was my favorite Nick Diaz moment. I'll try to make a video of it. But going back to the fight. I started getting worried. When... He did the interview with Brett Akamoto saying, I don't know how this fight came together. Whoever put this fight together is an idiot. I should be fighting Kamar Usman and that's it. That was cause of red flags for me because Nick says outrageous things. You're not wrong. But for him to say, I don't know how this fight came together concerned me because I'm like, Nick, you signed the bout agreement. Like, what's going on? Did the UFC make you sign a blank bout agreement and not tell you who you were fighting? Is that what happened here? And then... The fact that they moved it to middleweight on the Wednesday before the fight was another concerning detail. And where I got most concerned, I'll tell you, be honest with you, is when he did the... When he did the, the like, where they videotape them and they have to act like they're shadow boxing and stuff. The way he looked didn't concern me, but what did concern me is when they put a picture side by side of him a few months ago when he was training for triathlons and stuff like that. To how his body was all ripped to where he was now. I'm like, what happened to this guy? Something happened to him. I don't know if he's hurt or if he just didn't train. So the fight itself, crazy, right? Nick tries to do like some spinning kick. It didn't really work out for him. Um, positives for Nick was that he didn't have to pace forward and he was the, he, he had that beautiful body shot. That's my favorite punch Nick Diaz throws. Is that like liver punch he throws? It's my favorite punch he's ever done. Every time he throws that, I'm like, yes, yes. Because that's one thing I did. I do appreciate the Diaz brothers. They do a lot of body work, whereas a lot of other MMA fighters headhunt. And they like to do a lot of body work. I could appreciate that. And, um... He, he he wasn't doing his usual back him into the cage and unload on him. He was like Robbie, like him and Robbie switched. Like Robbie was the one like backing him towards the cage and stuff like that. But Nick was still throwing. Like Nick, I'm like, dude, this is positive. Because like that was one of my critiques of Nick in his old fights. Like unless he was backing them into the cage, he wouldn't be throwing. But this guy was throwing, throwing, throwing that I gave him the first round. I had Nick Diaz winning the first round. 
And then Robbie turned it on him. He won the second round, and then they go into the third round. I believe Robbie broke his nose where Nick tried to pull guard, and, and Robbie's like, nah, bro, let's stand back up because I know what's going to happen to me down there. And where Nick was like, yeah, bro, I'm done. I'm done. I believe Nick was out of shape. Again, I don't know if he was hurt or not. I'm on Jake Shields' Twitter page looking for a tweet he tweeted out that night. It goes something along the lines like, Nick Diaz is a legend away for six years. With only six weeks to train. And, like, that's concerning to me because... Um, I believe this fight was announced as early as July. It was. It was announced as early as July because um, when Conor McGregor fought Dustin Poirier, they were promoting it. So I'm like, how did this guy only have six weeks to train if that if that was like eight weeks before the fight? So there was something going on there. Still trying to find it. I can't find it. I hate when I'm looking for things and I can't find them. Alright here. Nick Diaz is a fucking legend. Six years off and six weeks to train and still makes fight of the night. And then it goes. He responded to somebody. Migi. So why did he only have six weeks to train? And then Jake responded, wanted to fight later, but was pressured to take it before he was ready. People care about money, not his health. That's concerning to me, right? Because the fight was announced, I believe, officially on the Conor McGregor-Dustin Poirier fight. Which was at the end of July. You got July, August. You got all of August and then all of September. That's eight weeks. Like, what happened here? And they have to know beforehand, right? Because they signed. Like, that's when it was announced. Like, these guys had to know beforehand. And then after, he goes in the cage and he goes, Yeah, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how this fight got put together. I had to switch management. Now... He was with a guy named Kevin Mubenga. I've tried to talk to Kevin. Kevin doesn't want to talk to me. Kevin, if you hear this, I'm all ears, brother. At some point between this fight happening to when it was made to it happening, he switched back to his old manager, Caesar Gracie. Because I believe Caesar is now his manager. And I don't know if you guys keep up with it. MMA media shows, but after the fight, Ariel Hawani tried to get Caesar on his show, and Caesar said, I'll go on the show, and then right before he was supposed to go on, he, he called in the show and told him, yeah, I'm not going to come on, I'm not going to do it, so my question to Kevin, to Nick, to Nate, to Jake, to Gilbert, to Caesar, what the hell happened? Something happened here, and, and I honestly feel the fans deserve to know. They deserve to know because they love Nick Diaz. Even Jorge came out to say, 
that doesn't look like the same an animal. Like the Nick, it's fine if Nick lost the passion to fight. Why did he take the fight? He didn't have to unless he had money troubles, which I hope isn't the case. I hope that's not the case. But what's next for Nick? Can I be honest with you guys? If he comes back into shape and looks like the dude that I saw on triathlons a couple months back, I want to see him fight Robbie Lawler again because he could win that fight. If anything, that fight showed me that Nick could still fight because 80% of fighters come in the shape Nick Diaz came in. They don't win a round like he did. Nick Diaz can still fight. I just need to see him in shape. And if he gets his... If he loses, then at least he came in shape and tried. But it was sort of saddening. Again, if it's not in Nick's hard to fight anymore, don't fight anymore, Nick. You, you've shown us all you're the man. You, we all have great memories of you fighting. If you never got to see Nick fight when he was fighting, fighting, go on UFC Fight Pass. All his Elite XC fights, all his Strike Four fights. All his UFC fights are there. I even believe all his pride fights, the one he did with Takanori Gomi, that one was dope. Again, Nick, Kevin, Caesar, Nate. I'm all ears, man. Moving on, Razinho Rosenstrike versus Curtis Blades. I wanted Razinho to win, but I knew Curtis was probably going to take him. So we'll see, man. Jessica Andrade versus Cynthia Calvillo. Again, I wanted Cynthia to win, but Jessica had other plans. The fight I knew that would have everybody talking. Marlon Moraes versus Marab Diswashavili. Dude, that was a crazy fight. Marlon has him hurt in the first round. And then Marab came back to finish him in the second. E, what a crazy, crazy fight. So what's next for all these guys? Let, let's see, let's see. I forgot to open the rankings. Gosh darn it. Let me see. Let's start with Volk. Oh, bro. Finally. Finally. Finally, Kamar Usman is number one pound for pound. I honestly believe Volk should be number two. They should honestly take John Jones out altogether for the simple fact that he hasn't fought since February of 2019. But congratulations, Kamar Usman. He fights November 6th against Colby Covington. So let's see what's next for Volkanovski. The immediate answers we have to see what happens between Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. That's number one and number three. He just took out number two, which was Brian Ortega. Max is already taken out. Number two, he's going to fight number three. He hasn't fought number four. He's took out number five, which is Calvin Cater. And then the dark horse is Giga Chikatsi. I mean, I... Yeah, Giga Chikatsi. That's going to be crazy. I wouldn't want to watch Giga fight Arnold Allen. 
give Calvin Korean Zombie. Twenty twenty two man, it's gonna be nuts. So what's next for Volkanovski? We have to wait to see what's gonna happen with Max Holloway. There are talks that Henry Cejudo's trying to get a fight with him. So we'll see what happens. I'll get into that a little later. For Valentina Shevchenko. I don't know, man. She's already been the top four girls. And Cynthia just lost to Jessica Andrade. I mean, the, the who's next? Joanne Calderwood? That would be next, right? Again, and then the dark horse is Talia Santos because she's got some power. So we'll see what happens there. For Robbie... I want to see him fight Nick Diaz again. Is that so much to ask? Probably is. Is Robbie even... Robbie's not even ranked at this point. Marab. Let's go to Marab. This wall of really... He's number six. I believe... Jose Aldo is going to fight Rob Font. Corey Sanhagen. And Peter Yana going to fight for the interim belt. Damn. So the best thing for him to do is just wait. Because Frank Edgar is going to fight Chito Vera in November. The best thing for him to do right now is just wait. He's number six right now. He's on the eve of a title shot. And I believe when TJ comes back, he's either going to end up fighting the winner. Or he could do that. I don't know if he'll be down, but him and TJ could fight in 2022. Are you guys willing to see that, him and TJ? Because I am. So we should see, man. But we're going to move on. Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Fight was freaking boring. It was very technical. I get why Johnny Walker fought the way he fought. But that dude got his chin back because Tiago Santos cracked him. And... He just took it. So, Tiago Santos is five, right? He should fight Dom Reyes. The reason I say that is Anthony Smith is probably going to fight Rackage. Iri Prochatska is the backup to Glover Teixeira versus Jan Brakovic. Dominic Reyes doesn't have a fight. Or they might make him fight Magomed Akilayev. I don't know. Light heavyweight's kind of all over the place right now. What other fights happened that day? Let's see. Thiago Santos beats Johnny Walker. Kevin Holland versus Kyle Dacus. 
that was a crazy ending sequence, right? Because he had they there was a clash of heads, or it was more of the side of Kyle's head and Kevin Holland's chin that knocked Kevin Holland clean out. Kevin Holland was out because he fell and he was not clean out, right? So the ending sequence is. He's able to get up, like he somehow woke up when he fell, woke up, turned around, so the, the rev let it keep going, and then ultimately it ended up in Kyle Dacus taking his back and choking him out. So the rev goes, what do I do? Like, because it was an illegal hit leading to the ending of the sequence, what do I do? And so they called it a no contest. So, I believe they've announced that they are going to run it back at some point in November. Let me see if their Wikipedia pages will tell me. Yeah. November 13th, Kyle Dacus and Kevin Holland will run it back. So, we'll see what happens, man. Kevin's wrestling looked good. Whatever he's doing wrestling-wise, he needs to keep doing it because he looked good, man. It looked great. Are there any other fights that stood out to me? Nico Price versus Alex Oliveira. Another good one. Alexander Hernandez. We got to watch out for this guy, man. This guy's the truth. He, he, I mean, he had setbacks again. Um, Donald Cerrone, but this guy is for real. Like, we, we gotta watch out for him. Okay, let's move on to this weekend's fights. So, I'm not gonna be able to watch these fights live because, I, like I said at the beginning, I'm gonna be at Aftershock in Sacramento. So, I'm not gonna be able to watch these fights live. Mackenzie Dern versus Mina Rodriguez. Classic grappler versus striker. Although I will say Mirna has a win over what's her name? Amanda Hibas. And Amanda Hibas has a win over Mackenzie Dern. Although it is worth it noteworthy that when Mackenzie fought Amanda She had just given birth, so she probably took the fight a little early. She probably shouldn't have done that. So, that's interesting there. I'm going to go with Amanda. I mean, not Amanda. They're not even named Amanda Agent. Come on, bro. What the heck? I'm going to go with Mackenzie Dern. I think her grappling's too strong. For Marina to win this fight, she needs to keep it on the feet. And Mackenzie's been working a lot with Jason Perillo, so we'll see what happens there. Randy Brown versus Jared Godin. I like Randy Brown. Tim Elliott versus Matthias Nikolayu. I like Tim Elliott. Sabrina Mazo Mazo versus Um, 
Мария Аграпова. I'll go with Sabrina. Phil Haas versus Deron Wynn. E, that's a hard one. I like both guys, but I'm going to go with Deron Wynn because he trains at AK. He trains with my boy DC. So that that's that. Now let's talk about Bellator. This is going to be fast. Michael Venom Page beats Douglas Lima. Another main event that was very uneventful. Because I get why people think Douglas won, but I also get why people say, nah, MVP won that. Because if we look at the rules for judging... Prioritize criteria, effective striking slash grappling. Legal blows have to immediately or cumulatively impact with potential to contribute towards the end of the match with the immediate weighing in more heavily than the cumulative impact. Successful execution of takedown submission attempts and reversals and the achievement of advantageous positions that produce immediate or Cumulative impact with the potential to contribute to the end of the match, with an immediate weighing in more heavily than the cumulative impact. It shall be noted that a successful takedown does not merely is not merely a changing of position, but establishing of an attack from the use of a takedown. Top and bottom position fighters are assessed more on the impactful slash effectiveness of result of their actions, more so than their position, the criterion will be the deciding factor in the high majority of the decision when scoring a round. The next two criteria must be treated as a backup and used only when effective striking slash grappling equals for the round. Okay, this is important because in the first round, MVP had two knockdowns. And do you see what it says? Effective striking slash grappling. That means they're going to take the striking into consideration first. He had two knockdowns. Besides that, he didn't do a lot of a lot. And then Douglas had top position. But once Douglas was in top position, MVP had control of his wrist. He, and he negated a lot of his attacks. So they were just sitting there for about 30 seconds to almost a minute. So again, I understand. I know. And then it... So... For me, MVP won the first round. And then... Uh, the second round, it was all MVP. The third round... It was more of the first one. So I get why people think Douglas won this fight. But if we have to look at these rules. And go by them. By these rules. MVP won this fight. And I get the fans want to be. Nah Douglas was robbed. I get it. I honestly do. But we have to abide by the rules. And that's what these rules say. So what's next for MVP? Honestly, do the trilogy. Because the other day Bellator came out and said, 
We're going to go to five rounds. If that would have been a five round fight, Douglas Lima wins this fight. Douglas Lima wins this fight. Because MVP, like, I could see it in his face. He didn't have no more to give and Douglas would have kept going. I believe Douglas would have finished him. So do the rematch. Liam McCourt versus Jessica Borga. Good fight. Rob Whiteford versus Andrew Fisher. Another great fight. So yeah, do the rematch. So now I'm assuming MVP is going to get the title match with Amosov. Yagoslav, I think his name is. Amosov Yagoslav. Bro, it's going to be a tough night for MVP. If Douglas Lima could take him down the way he did, you don't think Yamosov can take him down? And we've seen Yamosov will hold you down for five rounds to win a fight. He can do it. You don't think he'll do that to Michael Venom Page? I do. The next Bellator card will be in two weeks, October 16th. The event will be headlined by... Vadim Nankov and he will take on he was supposed to fight Anthony Johnson but Anthony Johnson has some type of medical issue or prayers and best wishes to Anthony Johnson now he's going to take on Julius Anglitskas who was an alternate and in the co-main we're going to have Ryan Bader versus Corey Anderson I believe Corey's the dark horse, Corey. I, so, so I'm going to tell you right now. I believe the finals will be Corey Anderson versus Vadim Nemkov. Because I think Corey's going to take out Ryan Bader. And Nemkov will take out Ungditskas. Benson Henderson versus Brett Primus. It's a good fight. I have no idea who's going to win that one. And Henry Corrales versus Vladislav Yaslav Parubchenko. Parubchenko, I think that's how you say it. I'll go with Corrales. So there's new matchups for UFC 267, right? There's going to be, for the interim belt, it'll be... The new matchups are Peter Jan versus Corey Sanhagen, and then Islam was supposed to fight Rafael Dos Años, but Dos Años pulled out, so now Dan Hooker's stepping in, and Dan Hooker just fought on UFC 266. So crazy with all the stuff going on in New Zealand. Crazy. Hey, Amanda Hebas is going to fight at UFC 267 against Virna Yajaroba. So, those two matchups are crazy. I'm really excited for Peter Young versus Corey Sanhagen. That's going to be a crazy, 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 crazy fight. And then the dark horse side is Liji Lang versus the Wolf Hamza Chimaev. He makes his return. So, you guys got in those fights? Let me know in the comments. I'll make YouTube videos about all this stuff. So. Let me get, let me know. Remember, Punch in the Mouth TV. It's already up. I already have my review of Asking Alexander. See what's on the inside. Make sure you check that out. 
Even if you don't like that stuff, give your boy a like, subscribe, follow. A like, subscribe, and turn on notifications. Sorry, I'm thinking it's Instagram. Uh, notes. Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury 3. That, no, I'm not going to be able to see this fight again because I'm going to concert. But I will watch the highlights. Or I will read about them at least. Um, I got this article here. The last time Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder stood face to face, it was June at a news conference in Los Angeles. They stared into each other's eyes for more than six minutes without moving. But on Wednesday, three days before the meet for the third time with Fury's WBC heavyweight title on the line, at T-Mobile promoter Bob Arum saw it that there wasn't another one. After a contentious news conference in which Fury and Wild hurled insults at each other during a made-for-TV event in which the only one who had an opportunity to ask questions was Fox Kate Abdo, she invited Fury and Wilder to square off. Era made sure it didn't occur and insists later that Abdo wanted them to go nose to nose after things got heated during the news conference. This is still a sport, Aram said, clearly exercised in the ring. They can kill each other and beat the heck out of each other, but before the fight, you've got to control them so they don't do something like that. You know that if they had done a face-off here, they'd have shoved each other. There was no security up there. There was no... There was, oh, there was this broad egging them on. When he says broad, he means abdo. Because she's with Fox, she was totally prejudiced for Wilder. But Tyson wouldn't let her get away with it. Who was going to stop anything? They're emotional, they're fighters, they're human beings, and they've insulted each other in front of the world. They were saying the worst things about each other, which is acceptable. Words don't do any damage. Now you put them together like they're angry dogs. Aram said top rank and PBC officials had agreed before the news conference not to have the fighters face off. Both are on edge as the fight nears and they clearly do not like each other. In the last segment of what was a live TV show, Abdo opened uh, it up for questions. Fury walked around the stage as Wilder was seated mocking Wilder for the excuses he made for his loss in the second fight and, and denouncing him for the way he fought. Wilder hit back and said Fury didn't have power. They spent three minutes of the segment talking over each other, and it was difficult to understand what either was saying. Then Abdo ordered them to square off, and Aram got involved, but he saved his greatest anger for Fox, which he said overruled top rank and PBC officials and tried to do a face-off. <laughs> Bro, Bob Aram was on one that day, because I seen the videos. So there was this reporter, he's like the Ariel Hawani for boxing. And he goes, I'm about to use colorful language, so there's kids around. Come have them cover their ears. So you guys, I'm gonna get into it later, but you guys understand the whole Timofimo, George Cambosso's debacle that happened. 
So what happened with that fight is, I guess, because Timofimo is a top-ranked guy. So I guess he wanted X amount of dollars and Bob Aaron was like, no. So what happens is the fight went to purse bid and then my best friends in Triller, wink, wink, got the fight. Because they promised them an absurd amount of money. Unfortunately, Timofimo, he ends up getting COVID. And then Triller being who they are did some certain things. And I guess they were running out of money that they couldn't cover the cost of the fight. So now by default, the IBF has... I'm going to get into it later, but the IBF has... Showing that Triller's at fault. So now it falls to matchroom boxing. Eddie Hearn's going to do the promotion for this fight. He's going to be on the zone now. Timofimo Lopez and George Cambasos. So this reporter asked. He's like, hey, why did you let them? Why did you even let it go to Pritzbin? And then he, this is Bob Arum's answer. Fuck you, you fucking prick. And the reporter goes, really? He's like, yeah, you prick. I was like, whoa. And then he, he, and then I, I seen the video where he, he's talking smack about this lady. She's very beautiful. But he goes, he goes, he goes, fuck her too. I'm like, whoa. Cause this was after the, the quote unquote press conference. So he was on one that day, bro. And then the article goes on to say, Aaron was asked why there wasn't security on stage, particularly when Abdo wanted the fighters to go nose to nose. Fox ran this event, and of course, you should have security, Aram said. Of course, PBC did it did its job. They were arguing with Fox, no face off, get security, etc. They understand they're boxing people. These freaking people from Fox, they don't know crap. They bring in this woman in from the UK. And she's slanting all the press conference to Wilder. I don't give a... This is what he was saying on the video. I don't give a damn. But it's obvious that she was... That's what she was doing. She knew that the understanding was no face-off. Tom Brown of TGB Promotions argued with Fox for no face-off. We said no face-off. What did she say? We're going to do a face-off? And it says expletive, but this is where he went. Fuck her and fuck them. No face off and we saved the fight. <sighs> Bro, I'm excited. I'm not going to watch it, but I'm excited for this fight. I mean, Tyson's the last guy, right? He's the last one. If there was a three-headed beast. He beat Wilder. Wilder's no longer undefeated. Joshua just lost again. Like, Joshua had gotten some of that mystique back. But then he just lost again to Alexander Yusek. So, the winner of this fight might end up fighting Dylan White and Otto. And Otto, I don't remember his last name. I'm going to find it for you guys right now. But the winner of this fight might end up fighting them. And then after that, because I think Anthony Joshua is going to get a rematch with Alexander Yusek. Otto Weilin. His name is Otto Weilin. So. 
WBC rules that Fury Wilder three winner must fight Usyk or White Wildland winner. So we're gonna get one of the two, right? We're either gonna get the undisputed fight. It's not gonna be Joshua. It's either gonna be Fury or Wilder versus Usyk or the one the winner that's gonna have to fight the White Wildland winner. We're getting close. We're getting close. But going back to this fight, I'm excited. I believe Tyson Fury is going to beat him within six rounds. What I don't like is that he's still making the excuses that he cheated. And Tyson Fury is taking all this very personal. He's saying, I cheated? Okay. I believe Tyson's going to go to the body a lot. He's going to break him down to the body and then smash his face. But Deontay's got that touch of death that Farab Sahabi says. I kept wanting to call him Marab. I don't know why. Farab. So that's always the great equalizer. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens, man. Now we're going to get into some sad stuff. Oh, do I have to? Yes, I have to. <laughs> Okay, we're going to talk about John Jones. Or, okay, first of all, I'm kind of sad because I tried to get the incident report and this is an ongoing investigation. They didn't give it to me since I'm not quote unquote officially a part of no media crew. Dang, that kind of makes me sad. ESPN, hire me. Vox Media, hire me. Fox, hire me. I could help Fox. They need to beef up the MMA coverage. They should hire your boy. So, okay, this is Mark around Monday. UFC fighter John Jones allegedly pulled a woman's hair and headbutted a police car hours after one of his fights was inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame last week. An arrest report released Tuesday by the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department lays out the sequence of events. That led to Jones being arrested Friday morning on two charges of injuring and tampering with a vehicle a felony, and a misdemeanor battering domestic violence. Jones was released Friday evening on $8,000 bail and is due back in court on October 26. And that's sad, right? Because I'll keep going, but the apparent woman is either his fiance, his wife, or girlfriend. The mother of his kid. I know that much. Jones was apprehended by police on the Las Vegas Strip just before 6 a.m. Friday when he was taken into custody. The report states that Jones became irate and smashed his head in, onto the front hood of the police vehicle, causing a medium-sized dent and paint chipping. That led to the felony charge of injuring or tampering with a vehicle. In an interview with the Caesar Palace Resort, the woman involved in the incident told police that Jones was a little physical with her touching her on the back of the head and pulling her hair. She said Jones did not hit her. However, police observed blood on the woman's clothes and bump on her lip with dry blood. She explained that her lips were really dry. Police also observed blood on the bed sheets in the hotel room. The report stated. The woman who ESPN is not identifying told police that Jones was aggressive with her but not violent. 
for the report. He grabbed the back of her hair to prevent her from leaving the room. Police observed the woman with a swollen lower lip and red mark on her upper cheek. The woman did not allow photos to be taken, nor did she agree to voluntary to a voluntary statement or recording of the interview. Okay, so allegedly this woman is the mother of John Jones' kid. That's what I've heard. According to reports, prior to being read his Miranda rights, Jones said the Las Vegas Metro PD would be facing a lawsuit for putting him in handcuffs on the biggest night of his life. After his rights were read, Jones immediately burst into tears. The report stated the It says the report stated the report described. Okay, so that's what it says. That's why. The report stated the report describes Jones as going through an emotional roller coaster. Jones denied to police that he ever touched the woman and had a hard time remembering certain points of the night per the report. After the interview, police said Jones stated jokingly that he would like to take on all of us and see what we could do. Jones, per report, fainted like he was going to escape the handcuffs and fight the police officers. The officers told Jones that they were not playing around and that they would use tasers on him if he continued with that behavior. Jones apologized, the report stated. Jones, 34, uh, okay, okay. So then he goes on. John, I took PR classes. If you need good PR, you call me. Because what you put on Instagram is not good. Call me, John. Call me. John Jones. Me, Adrian Oviedo, will help you get through. I will get, I will help you to the steps to see you back in the cage to be the GOAT. Like I know you are. All you got to do is call me. I won't say no to you, John. You can reach out to me on Instagram, Punch in the Mouth Official. I won't say no to the great John Jones because you are the GOAT. So the article goes on to say. Jones took to social media on Tuesday posting a video of him bench pressing along with several written comments. I have way too much trauma to consume alcohol. My brain simply can't handle it anymore. His Instagram post said, I will leave alcohol in my past forever. Now it's time to turn. Now it, it is the time to work harder than ever. Turn this nightmare into the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. When asked about Jones' arrest, UFC President Dana White said he would see how fighter, the fighter's case played out legally. Again, John Jones, call your boy. I will help you. I will help you get the help you need. Because as much as, as much as people won't believe, I respect John Jones as a fighter. We all make mistakes. Unfortunately, his mistakes are very scrutinized because of who he is. So, John, again... You can hit me up. I won't say no to you. Let's move on. I hope that was 
not as negative as I made it out to seem and I was able to make it a more lighthearted for you guys. Timofimo Lopez, George Cambosso's bout awarded to Matchroom Boxing as Triller found in default. Oh, Triller. Oh, the guy, the guy, the guy I was telling you that Ballroom called the prick. His name is Mike Kompinger. Kompinger. Kopinger. Kopinger. Mike Kopinger. Okay, ready? The IBF on Wednesday found Triller. In default of its contract obligating the stage of Timofimo Lopez George Cambosso's undisputed lightweight championship fight on October 4th and awarded the rights to the bout to Eddie Hearn's matchroom boxing. We will of course be proceeding with the fight and are very excited to add it to a packed fall schedule on DAZN, Hearn told ESPN. We are working with DAZN in a number of venues now and will be confirming the date next week. The expectation is Matchroom Boxing will look to stage the fight on November 27th, the East Coast, on the East Coast. It's crowd. It's a crowded month for boxing with two major pay-per-view bouts, but November 27th is clear of any fights. The two-page ruling obtained by ESPN, IBA President Daryl Peoples, reference one of the organization's rules say that both fighters must agree in writing to change the date of the bout. Lopez and Camboso signed the contract filed with the IBF and New York State Athletic Commission for the fight to take place on October 4th at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden. Schroeder subsequently sought to move the event to October 16th at the Brooklyn's Barclays Center, saying it didn't want to compete with Monday Night Football. The NFL schedule was released in May. Triller obtained a signed amendment from Lopez to move the fight. To October 16th, after advancing the boxer 100,000, but Cambosos declined the same offer and requested 380,000 to sign alongside, along with purse and escrow. <laughs> Triller balked and has now forfeited 1.2 million deposit with 75% headed to Lopez 900,000. Cambosos will take home 300,000 from the deposit. Trailer has said it will look to regroup. Oh no, recoup the deposit in court. Okay, I have something to say here. Why are they trying to do it on a Monday? Like really? Why did you tell them we're gonna do it on Monday? Who can? You know why? Because them themselves know. Uh, that people are, have figured them out. I was going to say something else, but I'm so scared that these guys are going to hear this and want to sue me because they honestly need money. But they know people have figured them out and won't buy this fight. That's why they're trying to do it on a Monday because what they were banking on is people were going to get bored. Nothing's on TV. Hey, Timofimo Lopez, the guy that beat Vasily Lomachenko is going to fight. Let's watch it. That's what they were banking on. I swear. Because these guys had all this money from the Jake Paul fights, from Mike Tyson's return, and then like it all started falling apart around them. 
Like, they don't have Jake Paul. Mike Tyson said he would never fight for them again. So, there you go, man. <laughs> the article goes on to say, At this point, we're happy to be rid of the drama that surrounded this fight and the IBF Triller co-found Ryan Kavanaugh told ESPN. I'm sure, bro. I'm sure you are. I am sure you are. Bro. I can't, I can't because I am so nervous. I like to talk a lot of smack and I'm so nervous that these guys are going to hear this and be like, let's go sue this guy. The dude goes on to say, this is meaningless for Triller business and has no effect to our day to day. We moved on from this fight. As we said last week and will not be looking back, Kevin all said, we, we will certainly, however, take a legal step to get our deposit back and Thoroughly investigate why the IBF continues to allow the conclusions and other nefarious acts without any action on their part. Kavanaugh was referring to the conversation between Lopez, promoter Top Rank, and The Zone in February, in which Top Rank was attempting to remove a potential bidder from the process. Oh, I'm sure, bro. I'm sure back then you were like, hell yeah, bro, remove them because we're going to. Blow everybody out the water. We are. And then it goes on to say, Hearn did end up bidding and came in second. Triller won the rights with a shocking. So Eddie Hearn's bid was $3,506,000. Triller's bid was $6,018,000. Top rank came in third at two million three hundred fifteen thousand. People said he wasn't aware of any interference in the bid, but would meet with IBF's board to determine whether any action is proper in accordance with the rules. Top rank declined to comment. Lopez was said to earn three million nine hundred and eleven thousand seven hundred dollars. 65% of Triller's bid, but will now get 3178000 counting the 900000 from the Triller deposit. Cambosos was slated to make $2,106,300. $2,106,300, but will now earn... He will earn $1,527,100. Counting the $300,000 from Triller's deposit. Look, look, he goes on to say, I try to be a nice guy with Triller and try to make the fight happen. We signed the dotted line, Lopez's father and trainer, Timofimo Lopez Sr., told ESPN. Combosos, for some reason, told Triller he didn't want to sign. I don't know what's wrong with that guy. <laughs> it was some BS. I just want them to pay for the whole year they took from my son I have the best lawyer on the planet I want to make sure we get our money I see no lie bro like really bro give him like I'm telling you these guys aren't gonna last long I want to say other things but again I'm scared to get sued I really am
and then it goes on to say about blah, blah, blah. okay so there, there's that I want to see how but the, the other thing that makes me mad after Vitor wins you're, you're there going 15 million for Jake 30 million for Canelo what and you can't pay these guys what <laughs> honestly those guys look like clowns right now honestly I know I'm being mean. I do apologize, but they honestly look like clowns. Ngannou versus Gain. Okay. I have some inside information on this. So this is an article by MMA Fighting on October 6. Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gain, heavyweight title unification belt targeted for UFC 270. A heavyweight title unification bout is being targeted for UFC 270 on January 22nd as reigning champion Francis Ngannou is expected to meet interim champion Cyril Gain in the first pay-per-view in 2022. This is the fan of me. Woo! Let's do it again, bro. Woo! Yes, finally. Multiple sources confirmed the matchup to MMA fighting on Wednesday with verbal agreements in place from the fighters. At the time, no bout agreements have been issued or signed. France, a French outlet La Sieur was first to report the date for the planned fight. The heavyweights have been on a collision course ever since Gain claimed the interim title back in August with a TKO win over Derek Lewis. While it was very, in a very impressive victory, Gain became the interim champ. Just four months after Ngannou claimed the heavyweight title with a second round knockout over Stipe Miocic. Following the win, Ngannou had been in talks with the UFC for his first title defense against Lewis, but after traveling home to Cameroon, he was looking to compete in September rather than the date the promotion had booked in August. With Ngannou unavailable for the date the promotion wanted, the UFC opted to introduce an interim title with Gain claiming the belt with his win against Derek Lewis. The victory moved Gain to 10-0 overall with six of those wins in the UFC. Now former training partners are expected to meet with only one of them walking away with the UFC heavyweight title with the fight now expected to take place in January. Okay. Listen to me. Listen to me. I believe Francis is in the champion's clause. I talked to Francis' manager. Yeah, he told me, he's like, we're 100% signing for this date. So as far as I'm concerned, Francis, it's already done deal. It's a matter of him getting the paperwork, signing it, and sending it back. I can't say the same about Cyril. I've tried to reach out to Cyril's team. Nobody's talking to me. But I also asked his manager, hey man, has he signed a new contract? He's like, nope. Keep in mind, the way these champions clause work, it's one year or three fights. If Francis wins, he could walk out two months later. 
I could be wrong because nobody wants to tell me Francis is in Champions Clause. I asked his manager, he's like, bro, you have to ask the UFC. I, I can't talk about it, which is fair. If he doesn't want to talk about it, I can't make him. I believe Francis is in Champions Clause. I'm going to make a video. <laughs> like, it's crazy to me because Francis Ngannou's life is already like a movie. If he wins this fight and potentially walks out on the UFC two months later, it's still a great movie. This is going to be a crazy fight. Especially if all this that I'm saying is true. I don't know. If, what I can tell you is, Fran, fact is, Francis has not signed a new contract and he will 100% sign for January 22nd, UFC 270. What I can't tell you as fact is if Francis is in champion's clause. Oh, and also, like, I, I know there's rumors that Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker are going to fight on that day. I reached out to Robert's manager. He's very responsive to me. He told me, he's like, bro, we haven't even talked to the UFC. Have not talked to them, so... It's in the idea stage, like I like to call it, in the idea stage. Okay. Morning report. Dana White not keen on Henry Cejudo versus Alexander Volkanovsky. It's a tough conversation. For over a year now, former UFC flyweight and bantamweight champion Henry Cejudo has been campaigning for a title shot against featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky following Volkanovsky's hard-fought victory over Brian Ortega at UFC 266. Cejudo's renewed his calls to face the champ, imploring UFC President Dana White to allow him to make history. Unfortunately for Cejudo, it appears that those calls have fallen on deaf ears. Listen, he's retired, White said, during the Contender Series press conference last night. You've been off all, all this time and you want to come back and fight Volkanovski and jump the line? And jump over Max and all these guys that have been there? It's a tough conversation. Cejudo retired last May after successfully defending his Bantamweight title against Dominic Cruz at UFC 249 in part because he felt he wasn't being paid enough by the UFC. However, with Volkanovski winning the featherweight title, the opportunity to potentially become the UFC's first three-division champion has been a powerful lure to, on Cejudo. Volkanovski, for his part, has shown little interest in the matchup, saying that Cejudo does not deserve to jump the line at 145 pounds. However, after his win at UFC 260, Volkanovski did allow that he's looking to fight regularly and so it's possible Cejudo could slip in somewhere. As a result, some fans have become enamored with the idea, but Dana White was pressed on the question and he didn't seem to any more interested. So what do you think I, I should do it? White asked. Okay, I'll take it into consideration. But as much as you may want to approach the question aside, it doesn't seem like Cejudo or his team intend to let the issue die. Shortly after White's statement, Cejudo's manager Ali Abdelaziz responded on White on Twitter. This is Ali's tweet. Dana's a great promoter. Put on great fights. Henry versus 
Volkanovski is a big fight. Henry will beat him fair and square. It's a bad matchup for the champ. Much respect for him. I mean, it's a good fight. As much as people want to bag on Henry, Henry's a great fighter. Like, I, don't, I understand Henry acts the way he acts, but he's a great fighter. You don't become a gold medal champion because you're not good. In wrestling. And he goes on to say, one thing I will guarantee, Henry will beat him. And you could go back down to Bantamweight. A lot of big fights out there too. So we'll see, man. Am I interested? Yeah. Dang, he's even going to go back into the USADA testing pool? He must be serious. But, okay, if you're serious, like, okay, here's my thoughts on it. Like, I'm not reading on some page anymore. Here's my thoughts on it. You're serious? Okay. Let's look at the rankings. Fight Giga. You beat Giga? Oh, he's got he's got something here. Okay, you beat Giga? Go fight Cater. You beat Cater? Ooh, we can't deny him anymore. Fight Brian. Ooh, you beat Brian? Dana, give it to him. He doesn't need to fight all these guys, right? I'm saying. For example, why don't you call out Brian Ortega? He just lost. You beat up Brian? I'm making it sound easier than what it is, right? But he fights Brian. He be he beats him. There it is. Like there it is. But it's a good fight. Volkanovski versus Cejudo. Count me in. All right, we're gonna talk about George's next fight. Jorge Masvidal's next fight. Jorge Masvidal demands fight from UFC. Rips coward Leon Edwards for turning down matchup against him. E. George Masvidal is getting very frustrated with UFC as he awaits word on his next fight. The former two-time title contender hasn't competed since April when he suffered a knockout loss to reigning UFC welterweight champion Kamar Usman. But Masvidal says he's been anxiously awaiting a word on a date and opponent for his return to action. I've been freaking out going in and out of Hunter Campbell's office calling him and they still haven't. Give me a date or opponent, Masvidal said when speaking to MMA Uncensored. I want to fight this year. I don't know if that's what the F is going to happen. Masvidal, who was promoting his game-bred fighting championship card, added that it's only a matter of time before he goes nuclear and continues to grow angrier and angrier while anticipating an offer. According to Masvidal, his agitation lies solely with the UFC while he's been made to wait instead of starting training his training camp for a fight before the end of 2021. I already told him, give me a effing deadline before I go full blast takeover, Masvidal said. Like, one of those bad governments when they get flipped and stuff. I need a fight, Hunter. Make sure the clip baiters put Masvidal demands fights in and then under that put Hunter Campbell, they'll know what you mean. As Chief Business Officer Hunter Campbell often time gets involved in a fight negotiation, Alongside matchmaker Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard, it appears Campbell has been point of contact for Masvidal as he tries to book his next opponent for the U in the UFC. Man, that sucks for Masvidal, right? Because he got two title fights and he's trying to stay in the mix. And 
if Leon doesn't want to give him Gilbert, Gilbert said he'll fight him, and Gilbert called him out in July, remember? Give him Gilbert. Man, makes me feel for Masvidal. Last thing, let's get into some current events. I'm only going to read one because I feel like this whole show. Chris Cyborg versus Sinead Kavanaugh. Featherweight title fight set for you. For, I was going to say UFC Bellator 271. Chris Cyborg will put her title on the line next month. Bellator President Scott Coker announced on Wednesday edition of the MMA Hour that Cyborg will put her featherweight title on the line against Kavanaugh in the main event of Bellator 271. The event takes place November 12th in the semi Hotel, Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida, and will air on Showtime. Cyborg will look to make her third successful title defense since coming from the UFC in 2019. The 36-year-old captured the championship in her first promotional appearance when she stopped Julie Budd in the fourth round at Bellator 238 in January 2020. Since then, Cyborg has gone on to turn stoppage wins over Arlene Binkowi and Leslie Smith. Kavanaugh gets her first shot at Bellator Gold in her ninth promotional appearance. The SBG Ireland 45ers entered the bout, enters the bout on back-to-back unanimous de- victories. A unanimous decision over Katharina Lencher and at Bellator Euro Series 9 in October and a second-run TK over Olga Rubin at Bellator 234. Okay, this upsets me because I heard it was going to be Kat Zingano, so I hit up her manager last night. I'm like, hey, man, did, did you have no talks with... I said, did Bellator ever reach out to you to book Zingano versus Cyborg? He goes, not yet. So that to me told me, okay, well, he obviously doesn't know. And then I asked, there were no talks? He goes, no talks. I'm like, oh, okay. Because I had told him, I'm like, dude, they already announced Cyborg's next fight. And he goes, yeah, not yet. I thought it was going to be Cap versus him. Cap versus Cyborg, not him. Sorry, Ed. You know I love you. Let's get into one more and then I'll let you guys go because I got to get out of here. Actually, that's it. There's none. All these other ones are weak. So I'll let you guys go. That's it for me. I'll see you guys next week, all right? Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the fights. Again, I'll give you my picks one more time for this weekend's fights. I'll go with Mackenzie, Randy, um, and Deron Wynn. All right, deuces, guys. Peace.